Hey guys, welcome back to the Highway to Heaven podcast. I'm Sophia, and today we have our special guest. Hello, <laughs> it's Maggie Craig. I'm back. You missed me. <laughs> we all did. We really did. I could not wait for this episode. Alrighty, well, today we're going to be getting into a bunch of fun topics, but um, first we're going to start with a prayer. Cool. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our hearts and our minds. We welcome you in our past, in our present, in our future, and we know that you've been with us all along. And God, I ask that you may lead us closer to your heart. Um, You are the truest friend that we could have, and you desire to walk with us through life, not to condemn us, not to make us miserable, not to take away our fun, but to lead us to true joy, which is found in friendship with you. I pray for everyone listening, um, that they may know the friendship of God, and that they may draw closer to his heart this day. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So in the retreat that um, we went to and heard Maggie speak, she broke down the four levels of friendship. And I've actually never heard of this before. And so... um, when she broke it down and explained everything, I was like, wow, this helped me really rethink some of my friendships because I want all of them. Well, I'll have her explain it, but one of them was um, friendships of the heart. And I want all of my friendships to be friendships of the heart. I don't want like superficial, just friends, but, um, but yes, I'll let you explain what that means. Sure. Yeah. So I, I don't remember where I learned this, where I read this, but I, I do remember taking a deep dive I I don't know, probably once a month I get really obsessed with like a topic or <laughs> something. And I, I remember one time I got really obsessed with like the psychology behind friendship because it's something that's a part of our daily lives. But I think it's something that we take for granted or we think it's super casual when actually friendships, they're kind of the, one of the most, I mean, they are really one of the most important things in our life. That's how a lot of people define themselves um like friendships falling apart can sometimes be more devastating than romantic relationships falling apart so just like friendships have a lot of power so um I studied I researched this and I found this thing that talked about the four levels of friendship and just assessed um every interaction that we have with people carries some sort of level of friendship and uh there's different levels and none of them are bad (laughs) uh just we um are limited creatures we have a limited amount of time we have a limited amount of energy and even though all levels of friendship are good we should be focusing on spending most of our energy in the highest on the deepest level of friend so that being said let's walk through the basic levels of friendship the the first the most basic level of friendship is friendship of functionality um This is like a utilitarian kind of thing focused on utility. Like it's very functional for you to be friends with someone. So like example, like I'm friends with my mailman. Like it's, it's functional for us to be friends. We see each other a lot. And if we get along, things go great. (laughs) If we don't get along, he doesn't give me my mail (laughs) or, uh, so it's, it's a friendship that's primarily motivate, motivated by the desire for things to go smoothly. And that's not a bad desire at all um and our life is full of these friendships and i think i think life goes well when we have lots of friendships of utility as opposed to just seeing people as acquaintances or just not even seeing people as people at all like you desire to be friendly to have some sort of communication some sort of relationship 
with friendships of functionality. So other examples I can think of um, in high school, I carpooled with some people in my neighborhood. They had a car. I didn't have a driver's license, <laughs> which is another story. <laughs> um, and we just became friendly because we would be, they would be driving me to school every day. So it made sense because they had a car. If I was nice to them, that was a service that I would get friendship of functionality. And I'm sure Sophia, you can think of so many friendships in your life too, oh, yeah. that are friendships of functionality. Oh yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a, like, I, I just really want to emphasize it's not a bad thing. It makes life go smooth. It makes life full. And it starts, it like sows the seed for deeper friendships because deeper friendship, like if deep friendships pop out of nowhere, I think we need to be a little suspicious of those, to be honest. I think about the, the gospel passage where Jesus talks about seed sown on shallow soil that springs up overnight. And then when the sun comes out, it withers because it doesn't have roots. So um, I think it's a good idea to start with a, a friendship of functionality so you can go you can go deeper. So that's the first basic first basic level. And then uh, we go a little deeper, we go a little higher. Another level of friendship is a friendship of convenience. Very similar to friendship of functionality. Uh, but it, so I, I think of like uh, I played sports all my life and, um, every softball season, I would jump into these friendships again because they were convenient. You know, like we saw each other every day. We were, we were playing with each other on the field. We were on long car trips with each other. It was just convenient for us to be friends. And then when the softball season ended, those friendships kind of ended because there's no longer convenient. And that's fine. That's not, that's not a failure of anything. Uh, it's just, it's no longer convenient. So it's no longer worth the effort. So um, I think our life is full of these two people that we see every day through school, through sports, people we, we see at the gym, uh, people you see at work. It, it just makes sense to get along. It maybe doesn't serve a utility, but it's just very easy because you're always with each other. Friendship of convenience. And I think a big sign of friendship of convenience is that when it's no longer convenient, you're no longer really friends. And again, that is fine. That is Okay friendships um bless us for a season sometimes my dad um i think this was a an image that my grandmother gave my dad my nana gave my dad is sometimes friendships are like cars on a highway sometimes you ride next to each other and then one of you takes an exit and then you just keep going and that doesn't mean the the road was bad <laughs> sometimes it just means you take an exit and you just yeah. go to different parts of your life and it's no longer convenient and that's fine that's really good. that's okay um yeah I, th I just think sometimes a lot I think when I heard you speak and I was taking notes on this I at first I was like yeah but I want everybody to be friendships of the heart mm -hmm. like I want me like I want to yeah. have a connection to everybody but then at the same time I'm like but you can't always force that because if you force no, it then it's not can't. real you know and so yeah when, you can't force it yeah so then when I started thinking about it I was like I was, you know, thinking back in my life, like all the times that I really wanted to have a friendship of the heart with somebody and I just forced mm -hmm. it and it just didn't work out. Yeah. So after yeah. hearing that, I was like, okay, so maybe it just has to start from the beginning. Like just don't jump into it mm -hmm. so quick. And so I don't know. I mm -hmm. think that really helped me, especially with just friendships and relationships in general, just to take it slow get to know each other, yeah. start at the basic level and just work your way mm -hmm. up. So Sure. 
Yeah, and that's something that's, it's a beautiful desire to have deep friendships. I think that's important to recognize, like, a desire to love everyone comes from our baptism. So that's a good thing. But just because um, not everyone can be on the deepest level of friendship, that doesn't mean you can't love everyone. Oh, right. You can have a deep love for friendships of convenience. You can have a deep love for your mailman. But um, God isn't, I don't think God is calling us to the deepest level of friendships. I, I think it comes down to sustainability. You know, there's people who like, for you to get healthy, you have to make a lifestyle change. It can't be like a 30-day fast diet because that's not going to last um, because you're not going to make changes in your life for that healthy endeavor. I think that's the same thing with friendships. If you're like, okay, I'm going to dive into this friendship and it's, it's going to be like 30 days of crazy close. No, it's, <laughs> you need to lay the foundation. You need to plant the seed. It needs to be watered through time. And, you know, Jesus says in scripture, um, don't throw your pearls before swine. And like, we are the pearl of great price. And not that other people are swine, but like, we can't pass out our heart to everyone because not everyone has proven themselves to be worthy to hold it. And that's where we get wounded and that's where we get scarred. And that's where we become bitter and like less likely to share in the future. And also, I don't know, Jesus in all things is the model. Like Jesus loved everyone. He um, reached out to everyone. He offered love to everyone. Um, but he had circles and tighter and tighter circles of friends. He had like 72 disciples or like any time, any time I went town, he went to everyone followed him. And then he had like 72, like a group that would travel with him. And then he had the 12 and then he had three, Peter, James, and John. So, um, that is a really good model for us to live to. Um, even though it's a beautiful desire to be friends with everyone, I, I just don't think that's how um, we can live necessarily in the world with a limited amount of time. But in heaven, everyone's going to be that that deep friendship. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's <laughs> let's keep let's keep building. So first two levels: friendship of functionality um, serves serves a need, serves a utility, which is not not wrong as long as it's mutual and not malicious. Um, second level friendship of convenience. It's just easy. You see each other a lot. It, it makes sense. Then next level of friendship is friendship of common interest. So this, this is a fun one. Like these, these friends make life fun. Friendship of common interest. You just share things in common. Like you share, um, maybe like a, a same love of sports, same love of theater, same love of music. Maybe you just share a same sense of humor. Um, maybe you just like see the world the same way. You both have similar quirks. You both have similar hobbies and interests. And like, it's just fun because you share things that you love with someone. It's just super great, super entertaining. And a lot of times friendship of common interests come from realizing, oh, a friendship, I don't want it just to be of utility. I don't want it just to be of convenience. I realize I'm close. So like, I played sports, I would get to know some people during sports season, it'd be convenient. But then as the sports season was going on, I realized, oh, we have a lot of things in common. And then even when the sports season ended, I would still be friends with these people because we like our, our likes and interests didn't change, even though our schedule might have. So these are great, great friendships. And they're beautiful. And like God, God, this is the cool thing about being a Christian, about belonging to the Christian God. Through the nature of the incarnation, when, when God came to earth, God sanctified, elevated, and redeemed earth. 
um, God sanctified, elevated, and redeemed the world. So everything that's true and good and beautiful now comes from God, leads us to God, belongs to God. So when we participate in things that are true and good and beautiful, even if they're not explicitly like religious, they lead us to God. So participating in friendship where you're just like giggling over a TV show, like that's good and that's pure and that's holy and that leads you to God. Um, Not in the same way, you know, that the sacrament of reconciliation does, but it's still in a powerful way leads you to God. And we want to participate in the good things of this earth. And one of those good things is friendship and a friendship of, of common interest. The problem is it is not the highest form of friendship. And a lot of people start to stop there. They're, they 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 think that that's it. You can't really go any deeper. It's just video games. Like that's your friendship. You share that in common. You can't go anything deeper. Or this is just a friend on the track team that you work out with, and you have similar interests. But that's it. And and God teaches us no. There is a deeper. There is a higher level than just liking some of the same things. And the highest and the deepest level of friendship is a friendship of the heart. You know where you don't just share a schedule, you don't just share a routine, you don't just share a friend group, uh, you share your heart. You share, um, heart in Latin is, has I think it's Latin, has the word core in it, and, and Spanish like corazon, and, and that's a really good example. Heart is like the core of who you are. I don't just mean like the the organ with your pulmonary arteries. It, it's, it, it's very similar to like your soul, your essence of who you are as a person. Um, sharing your true self with another in friendship. That's the deepest level of friendships. Friendship is the heart. And those friendships are so beautiful and they're rare. Even though you want, you might want everyone to be a friendship of the heart. Um, And in a certain way through Christianity, through Christian friendship, especially through prayer, you can definitely share who you are with a lot of people. But um, a friendship that grows deep roots that lasts throughout the years, friendships of the heart, there's not many of them. No, they take time to nurture. Yeah, and and that's okay. Um, and friendships of the heart. I think that a great way to to know someone is a friendship of the heart um, is when there's mutual um, heart sharing. There's mutual vulnerability, um, and vulnerability vul- vulnerability comes from the word vulnus, which means wounds. You know, so um, to be vulnerable means to share your wounds, to share your scars, not not to glorify your hurt, but to glorify the one who saves you from your hurt, which is which is the Lord, uh, and just to share who you are. So vulnerability is key in friendships of the heart. It has to be reciprocal, has to be mutual. It can't just be one person sharing with you and then them not receiving you. Um, and there has to be compassion. And, and compassion also from Latin. I swear I'm not a Latin scholar, but like I love <laughs> studying. It just helps me understand what they are. Uh, etymology for, for compassion means to suffer with. Come meaning with passion means to suffer. So like the movie, The Passion of the Christ, it's passion, It's the suffering of Christ. So um, those, yeah, that's the deepest level of friendship. And, and even Jesus, you know, he... Only really John suffered with him through the, the crucifixion. The other apostles, even Peter and, and James, his closest ones, they left. Um, they since apologized and the Lord forgave them and they redeemed them. But um, it's hard to find friends that you can be vulnerable with, that's mutual, and that they have compassion on you. Um, but just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. And a great way to 
to receive heart friends in your life is to be a heart friend to someone, to receive them, to encourage vulnerability, um, to practice love and gentleness and acceptance, and to lead them to the divine physician, the one who truly heals wounds. So, yeah, so in a nutshell, <laughs> not that that was a nutshell at all, those are the four levels of friendship, and, and they're beautiful, and you can transition from one to another, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, if you think a majority of your friendships are friendships of functionality, good, because that's how it should be. But that's not how the most of your effort should go into. The most of your effort should go into um, sustaining friendships of the heart and trying to elevate friendships of convenience and friendship of common interest and try to take them deeper to talk about the real stuff. Because, you know, schedules change, hobbies change, um, but the heart stays the same. And if you can share that, uh, I think that's what's most healthy and good for human persons, because friendship is a good, and we need to participate in that as Christians and as human beings. Yeah, I love I love that breakdown. It's so good, and it helps me so much, because then you can now, you know, figure out what your friends like and what category they belong in, and if you want to grow yeah. from that. Um, but with friendships of the heart, I think another level that should go hand in hand is definitely just friendships that are built on the faith because I've noticed how many like friendships I've had that are built on the faith and have flourished just because we have Jesus at Mm -hmm. the root of both of us and so Mm -hmm. the same with like my sister is my obviously number one best friend but like we both have a really Mm -hmm. like best best friend and so it's the three of us and I could just see how God uses us for you know just to draw each other closer and also get us to heaven i mean we go to mass together we go to adoration together and just having that as as the root and the core of our friendship is is something huge a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't have that and i think it's it's something really special and when you find it and when you have something like that that's that's amazing that's like a treasured friendship forever you know Yeah, there's so many things with that. Let's do another Latin moment. Uh, (laughs) Companion. Companion um, is one with whom you share bread. Com meaning with. Pan meaning bread. And, you know, the one that with whom you share the bread of life. The one with whom you share the Eucharist. And and those are the strongest, strongest friendships. There's no guarantees, you know, because we're humans. And it's not like as soon as you find a heart friend that you share the faith with, that means they're going to be besties for life. Like, no, that... That's not a guarantee, uh, but I know this in my own life that um, the most lasting, strong, strongest friendships uh, include, and not just include as a side character, but like center stage is the Lord. And this is just something to note too, Sophia, just because um, especially with women, we're primarily relational creatures. We really prioritize relationships. Like our bodies are literally designed for relationship with other people, AKA babies. Like we're designed <laughs> to relate and share with other people, even if even if we never have children for a variety of reasons. Um, so that's how we're designed and it's, and then it's a gift. But anything that gives glory to God and anything that we're good at, the devil wants to attack. Oh yeah. Um, I... I, I've often said, you know, the devil doesn't waste his time. He doesn't attack Kit Kats or flip flops, <laughs> things that like have no eternal significance, even though they're both great. Like the devil attacks things that really matter and friendship really matters. So 
you notice for women, their greatest strength can be forming relationships. It's also their greatest weakness. And it's also the place of greatest drama and greatest pain and greatest heartache. Ask any woman, (laughs) tell me one of the greatest pains of your life. And they'll be like, oh, it was like a friendship falling apart or, or it was drama that came from a friendship. So just because something's good doesn't mean um, it's something that oh, – how, how do I say this? Just because something's good doesn't mean Satan doesn't also recognize that it's good and, and he wants to attack it. So um, we need to be on our guard with friendships, um, with female friendships especially. Satan wants to do two things. He either wants to draw you apart through friendships to make you think – you know, you're a loner. You're never going to have close friends. You've messed it up too many times. You're not worthy of friendship. Um, or if you have friend, good friends, he wants to introduce drama and comparison. You know, comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah. he, he wants to, to sow discord within those friendships. So these friendships that could be a haven of trust and support become dens of envy and gossip and comparison. He wants to bring you to apart. Or if he can't do that, He wants to bring the friendships too close, where instead of you and your friends being shoulder to shoulder looking at God, it becomes you and your friends staring at each other and and not looking at the Lord. We become obsessed with each other and you put your identity in the friendships and it stops being about God. Maybe even the friendships become sexualized. They just become too close. And um, these are things we need to be on our guard on, especially if they're friendships of the heart, because sometimes we can think like, Oh, this friendship, it's perfect. It's too big to fail. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> they, uh, anything that's good, the devil wants to attack. And not to make us afraid, but just to make us on our guard. Especially as Christian women, we, I think we can think that friendship is a place of safety. And it is, but it needs to be a place of constant battle and constant pruning and constant, like, Lord, p- keep purifying this friendship. Keep leading us closer to you. Um, be present in this friendship. May it always be about you. So as someone who has had many friendships and many close friendships in the Lord, this is just what I've learned to be true. Um, but they're worth fighting for. Oh, yeah, and they are sure. worth having. And they make life good and holy. And, um, you know, in, in Genesis, God says to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. We're not meant to be alone. We need each other. We need our friendships. We need all levels of friendships, but we, we also need the Lord at the front and center of the friendships to protect them from any attacks of the devil. For sure. That's one one of the things, like, I won't go too much into detail, but um, one of the things I'm looking forward to um, this summer uh, is just the sisterhood of being able to live with so many yeah. girls and kind of creating those friendships. I honestly, I'm really excited for it. I think it will be difficult living with so many girls that of you've course, never lived with and they probably have their own things, you know, that you're not used to. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I'm so excited for just to be together, to be growing in our relationship with God together and all being just in a house, probably getting on each other's nerves in like, I'm just so stoked for that, but just creating that bond and that sisterhood. I'm really, I really hope that we all, you know, keep in touch after the summer and stuff, because Mm -hmm. I feel like that place, it creates the best friendships. So that's yeah. what I'm really excited for. And, you know, Amen. You, we have plenty of time together, so we can't just rush into stuff. But um, just working together, serving with each other, that's 
Oh my gosh, that's honestly what's been on my mind the last couple weeks. I'm like, I cannot wait for that. It's going to be so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it's good. So good. And it's just like a close friendships. It's it's just a foreshadowing of heaven. Because uh, heaven is not us and God. It's us and God and everyone else. The community, it's the kingdom of God. Um, so living in, in close proximity with people who are different than you, who do, who live in different ways, who may get on your nerves. Um it's a great purification and it's a foretaste of heaven. Oh yeah. That's awesome. I don't know. I had just recorded a podcast with um, my friend and we were talking about heaven and I just went on a rant. I'm like, bro, I can't wait for heaven. We're going to have so much fun. And I started going off and I was like, it's going to be a party or we're going to have like our little houses in the neighborhood and we're going to live together or mm-hmm. we're just going to be like at this huge dinner with God. Like, I don't know. I've thought of it so many different ways, but like, yeah, dude, I cannot wait for good. heaven. It's awesome. I'm so excited. And that is good and beautiful because so many people sort of forget that, um, heaven is where we're going for. I think a lot of people like we're called to build the kingdom of God while on earth. Yes. And amen. Um, but this earth is not it. Like we can't create a utopia on this earth because we're still fallen human, sinful people. Right. But when we go to heaven, the sin will be wiped away and we'll be living in perfect harmony, perfect union. So it's, it's very good to long and to thirst for heaven. We have to keep building heaven while on earth, but Super good to know. And, and you know, whenever Jesus speaks of heaven in the scriptures, he describes it as a wedding feast, as a banquet, as, as a party. So those are really good ways for us to understand it. And it's, that's that's what you're thinking about. And that's, that's very biblical, the wedding feast. And, like, ancient wedding feasts, they were not, like, weddings now. Oh, yeah. Like, that maybe have, like, a two-hour party. No, I think ancient wedding feasts, they lasted, like, eight days. Yeah. Like, like an octave oh yeah (laughs) long parties um i can't even imagine eating like that for eight days but yeah (laughs) in heaven yeah Yeah, dude can you imagine like just having a party one day going back to sleep and waking up and like dude we're gonna party again today like what Uh, yeah i can no i'm too old have you have you seen have you seen the chosen yet i haven't no i was planning on watching it during east during the holy week holy week but then i just like oh my gosh was back on my business and watched the passion because (laughs) because i really want to because they have the wedding feast of cana i think it's episode two or something in the first Mm. season and i was gonna start explaining it but you haven't seen it explain it but listen no, no spoilers it's so beautiful because honestly now when i do the rosary and i think about that decade and that like mystery it helps me so much because it's like i'm sitting there with jesus and like this courtyard and it's all decorated and everybody's dancing and he's laughing and it's just like it makes it feel Mm -hmm. like more real you know and oh my gosh it's just beautiful beautiful and like all the apostles are happy and they're laughing and they're eating and drinking and then when the wine runs out mary like Mm -hmm. goes and talks to jesus and he you know does the miracle and it's just it's just so beautiful Mm -hmm. so beautiful and it's just such a party and it's like it's a party with god like that's gonna be so exciting I love that. I love that. It's beautiful. And God is like, yeah, girl, you don't even know. Yeah. It's That's like the closest we can imagine, but it's still still not anywhere close. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. So, yeah, just. Come, Lord I, Jesus, come soon. Oh, yeah. And I think also just praying 
for good friends. Just asking because if you feel alone, just ask God to have people just walk into your life. I've done that so many times Mm -hmm. and I have so many beautiful friendships because of that. And just mm-hmm. taking, you know, time praying about that or do a novena or something or ask the saints to be totally. your friends, too. If you feel mm-hmm. like nobody's with you, um, they'll mm-hmm. always be there for you. And then kind and of friendships are one of those things. It's like I think so many of us want them, but we do have to be bold to find them. Like friendships are not gonna find us. They're not gonna like break down the door of our house. Right. And be like, ah, I've been looking for you. <laughs> we we have to to go out there and and to go to places where friends are. It's same thing. I mean, this is a whole other topic. But same thing with dating. You know, so many people are like, I want to find the right one. Well, like God isn't gonna throw him through your window. Yeah. Like, you have to you have to be out there, and you know, you find. You find good friends if you go to places where good friends are. So, um, and this is the same thing with dating. You know, you, you, I don't think you're going to find Mr. Right at a club necessarily. You know, uh, yeah. you want to go to a place where you're going to find a good, per- where a good person with hangouts. Same thing with friends. You want to find friends in the right places. And where's a really good place to find a right friend? Church. (laughs) Like, oh, I don't know anyone at church. Well, if you go, maybe you'll learn, meet someone. You'll make some friendships. So if you want good, godly friends, go to places where good, godly friends are going to be. And put yourself out there. You can't hide in a corner. So many people, yeah, we're like, I don't know, we're afraid of like looking weak or alone when literally everyone wants new friendships. We just have this this phobia of like looking needy, which is stupid because we're all needy. We all need friends. So we're so so afraid of going into a situation alone. We're so afraid of going to a Bible study alone or do a youth group or to a retreat alone because we're like, well, I don't know anyone. What a great place to learn and to meet someone. What a great place to meet friends. So if you're listening or if, if, if you just, if you're wanting to find good godly friends, one, that's a beautiful desire. And the Lord has placed that desire in your heart for a reason. Pray ask the Lord to send you good friends, go to a place where there are good friends. So try to start making those hard friends and then pray to the Lord for the courage to elevate some of your current friendships and to take them, take them deeper. Um, you, you, you never know that maybe some of your friends from your softball team or some of your friends in your neighborhood that you hang out with, maybe some of them are religious and they want to go deeper in your faith and you inviting them deeper is, is the way that that can happen. So um, if you're feeling alone, if you're struggling with friendships, that's totally understandable. But you got to have courage because um, courage, <laughs> Latin moment, courage, <laughs> core comes from the heart um, and involves your whole being and you become fully alive the more courageous you are. For sure. Wow, that's really good. That's why I love hearing you talk because I'm like, bro, I need to take notes. This is That's why I love that it's recorded so I can listen to this again. There you go. <laughs> I, I love I love a good rant. It's really I good. I love a good I rant. I love that. But yeah, there was a thing that I saw on Pinterest that also reminded me of the four levels of friendship is like, it, what is it? Oh my gosh, what is it? If you have friends, think of it as, are they a to- for a time, a season, or a reason? And when I read that, I was like, that's kind of like the four levels. Yeah, like, there's some truth there. Yeah. Yes. I, ooh. A time. A season. A no, a, season, a time, a, a season, reason. and a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. 
there's truth to that. That'll preach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, friendships teach us things. Because friendships are people, and, and God is in each human person. Uh, so every friendship, every interaction, no matter how basic, uh, teaches us something if, if we have the eyes to see and if our hearts are open. Yeah. And then I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, we've already covered the four levels. We've talked about, you know, the importance of friendship and how they affect us in our lives. But let's also think about how each different group of friends like impact our lives. Mm-hmm. So we always have our good friends, our Catholic friends, or just people that we mm-hmm. see all the time that are, you know, they're good people, but then there's also bad company. And how mm-hmm. you should be, you know, noticing that they're bad company because you don't want to fall into the same habits. Um, yeah, I've read a totally. lot uh, in the Bible where it's just saying, you know, bad company, like, distorts or corrupts good character like it depends on the people Mm -hmm. who you know you're with and whoever you're with that's how you're going to become and um Mm -hmm. i think proverbs 13 20 says walk with the wise and you become wise but the companion of fools fares badly so Yeah. yeah my grandma used to say um if you walk with a cripple you become a cripple which is not like necessarily politically correct or like, but you find yourself imitating the behavior of the people that you're with. So like if, if the person that you're with walks with a limp, you'll start to walk with a limp. Do you notice that you, I mean, maybe not you, but I, I do. I pick up the phrases of the people that I spend time with. Like, Oh yeah. Like one summer friends of mine, like we started saying woof, like, like, whoa, instead of whoa, we'd be like, woof, like, oh gosh. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like all my friends were saying woof. And then one of our friends was like, where did this come from? We're like, I don't know. Like we got it. We got it from each other. Um, You pick up the habits of the people around you for good or for bad. Mm -hmm. So you need to pick wisely. I heard something else. This might be like Pinterest wisdom too, but uh, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, so you you just become the people around you. Oh, yeah. So you want to surround yourself with good people so that you become like that. It's like it's like sports. Like you, while playing sports, you always wanted to play up. So like if you were in eighth grade, you always wanted to play against sophomores because if you play against harder competition, you become better. Um, you know, like I always want to surround myself with saintly, holy people who are praying. So then I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I, I want to become more saintly. I want to be praying. I want to be more holy. Um, the company you keep is is very important. I think it is. I think it really is. And especially now in this world that we live in, or if you're going to like, I don't know, public school, I mean, thank God I'm homeschooled and stuff. And the friends that I've always had are Catholic and they're homeschooled and they're all like-minded, but for kids who are out in the world, like I see it in both ways. Like I had friends and I've seen how they act in school. And then I've seen like good Catholic kids, even though they go to school, how they are still. So I've seen the both, you know, and so working with the youth group that I was telling you about, I've noticed that all of these kids go to school and yet they're the holiest like teenagers I think I've ever met. 
mm-hmm. because they're yeah. constantly ready to pray. They're constantly like, and they're, they're human. They're funny. They talk about, mm-hmm. you know, their TV shows and their video games, but they know that everything has a balance and that being Catholic is yeah. their number one thing. It's not a label. It's an identity. And, and they are just, they're just so in love with Jesus that you can yeah. just, it radiates off of them, you know? And so being with yeah. them last weekend, it was just, it was amazing. It, it became a habit for me to see yeah. different things like they did. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And this is, this is the hard, this is the challenge because unless God is calling us to become cloistered religious, which listen, he could be, um, we, I don't think so. Um, we are called to be in the world. John Paul II speaks about this, you know, we be in the world, but we're not of the world. So we need to be careful where we don't want to refuse to associate with people who believe differently than us. Like that's, that's not what Jesus did. Um, and that's not what he's calling us to do. But I don't know, it comes back to the levels of friendship. All levels of friendship are good, but you really only want to invest in like in a certain type with friendships of the heart. I think that's the same with other people. I don't think we should refuse to associate with people who believe differently than us because we can lead them deeper to God, but it's, it's the people that you spend the most time with. That's you want, you want to choose that very carefully. So like if you go to public school, if you do school or sports or theater or any other hobbies, you don't want to like refuse to sit at lunch with someone who is believes differently, but do you necessarily like want to have a sleepover with them? Do you want to go to a party with them? Do you want to go on a weekend trip with them? Right. Um, and that time, like away from school, um, you just need to be careful who you're hanging out with. So I just, I just want to put it out there. We, we can, should, must have friends who believe differently. We can't isolate ourselves from them because they need us and we need them. There's much to learn from them, sure. but it's, uh, it's the investment. And then, um, and sometimes that me- might mean being a little lonely, um, especially in high school. If if you go to a school and you can't find those people, and that that might mean that you're a little lonely. That might mean you don't go to that party on Friday night because you know what's going to be happening there, and you don't want to be around that. That might mean um, I don't know, not going to homecoming because you don't trust any of the guys in your class. Uh, And so I I think in in high school, there's going to be times when you have to choose, am I going to be alone or am I going to be with bad company? And that's something you have to choose, choose wisely. Um, I think it pays off though. It pays off. I think so too. (laughs) I think so too. You become holier. Oh yeah. And you, you're really discerning Mm -hmm. a situation. And that's also honestly a gift from God because I'm not that very good at discerning and I'll probably just jump into something crazy. And then after I'll be like, oh, whoops, mistake. But then just sitting down and realizing, you know what, this probably isn't going to be good for me. Why am I going to do it? Just stay home. And like you said, it's better to be lonely at that situation Mm -hmm. or at that moment. Or you can also bring your friends into it too and be like, look, there's an issue here. I don't think we should do this because these reasons. And then you can be ministering to them too. 
And so I think Absolutely. that's also a really big gift is discerning. And that kind of leads into one of our questions. I have three questions here. Mm. And one of them is how to oh, discern cool. between marriage and religious life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, wow. So much to say to that. Um, well, I think a great way to discern is to look at reality. And reality is if you're a high schooler, you're not called to either yet because you're still a baby and God is not calling you to be child bride. <laughs> and um, he could be calling you to join a religious order, but most likely not until you're 18 or not until you're older. So if you're in high school and you're like, how do I discern religious life or marriage? The answer is spend time with God. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the answer. Spend time with God. Ask him to reveal who you are and who he is. And don't make your prayer life be defined by God. What is my vocation? Um, make your prayer life be defined by love and say, Lord, lead me. Lead me where I'm supposed to go. Lead me to your heart. Um, Reveal to me. And it's good to to date both options. Um, you know, we don't live in Pride and Prejudice times where, like, you look at someone and then they propose. And then you have to decide. <laughs> like, that's so much pressure. We live in a time where we can date well. So date a religious order well. Like, research religious orders in your area and see if they have retreats. And go and try it on and see, oh, is this what religious life feels like? What does this community feel like? Because religious life is not just... Oh, I'm going to be a non. Religious life is I'm going to join this specific order with this specific community and this specific charism. Mm -hmm. So check out different orders. Check out different communities. If there's a non in your area, become friends with her. Talk to her. Be like, hey, tell me your Canaan story. <laughs> like, so many women are like, I think I might called, be called to be a nun, but they do literally nothing about it, and they never re religious. Vinit, what are words? They never visit any religious order. Same thing with marriage. They're like, oh, I think I might be called to marriage, but I've like literally never dated. And that's if that's you, that's fine. There's no rush. Uh, I think a great way to maybe check out marriage is to develop good holy friendships with men um, in the context of faith, in the context of other friendships. Um, and then maybe when you've reached a level of maturity, um, I would say that is a flexible time for many people. Um, but then maybe start to date well, not date a rando, but date a good, <laughs> holy God, three guy yeah. and um, see if this is where the Lord is leading you and to take a deep breath and to say, God, I surrender my life to you. Um, build a prayer life, build consistent fasting, build good community, good friendships, and then go where you think the Lord is leading you. That is very general advice, but yeah. that is the best advice someone gave me about discerning between religious life and married life. Take a deep breath, spend time with God, and try things out um, casually. Yeah. You know, don't date a guy and be like, we're going to get married for 17. <laughs> like, spend time, take it slow, yeah. visit multiple religious orders, and uh, God will reveal it to you. Okay, for our next question, I have somebody who asked, who are people in your life that inspire you guys in your walk of faith right now? Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> um, for me, I would say my roommate, uh, one of my one of my best friends. Um, she we met at Catholic summer camp, and we've been friends for for years. And she just really inspires me 
and my faith. And, you know, I, I see her praying every morning. She's got her Bible out no matter uh, what time she has to get up for work. Sometimes she, she gets up at five, um, which is disgusting. <laughs> uh, but she's always praying through scripture, um, always inviting me to receive the sacraments with her. She really inspires me in my walk of faith. Also, my parents. Um, my parents had a reversion, like a deeper conversion when I was in high school and since college and since being an adult, my parents have really like taken the faith super seriously. They're in a bunch of prayer groups and Bible studies. Um, and I'm just been inspired by the way that my, my parents have been dedicated to prayer and they've always been prayerful people, but not in the way that they, they are now. So it's, it's beautiful to see faith, faith at every age, you know, that faith isn't just for high schoolers or college students or youth ministers. Like faith is for my dad is a writer. Faith is for writers. And my, my mom is a businesswoman. She sells dog toys. Faith is for businesswomen. You know, it's, it's for all people at all ages. So yeah, that's awesome. That's funny. I was going to say, say? I was going to say my parents too. Um, so when we lived in Florida, I mean, I was pretty young too, so I can't really remember a lot, but, um, I just, I remember that our family dynamic was not the same as it is now. Now I feel like we're kind Mm -hmm. of holier in a sense. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. also living, I guess, where we were and just not participating as much in like youth groups and stuff. Again, we were younger, but I feel like we've had a very big spiritual growth in just the last five to six years, especially for my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, He's honestly become Mm -hmm. in every way St. Joseph and it's kind of crazy it's it's like he's a carpenter and he goes out and works but he's (laughs) always home with us it's like it's really cool and so yeah and the same with my mom Mm -hmm. I mean I mean you know she's a stay-at-home mom but there's a lot that goes into that um and so just both of them the way that they are and the way they always make time for prayer and mass and everything is it's just like wow and Mm. yet still having six kids and running a household like just the way that they are it's just such an inspiration and then my second family yeah for real and then my second Indian family um I really love them and just the they live in Nashville and just the way that they are there's they're just so filled with the Holy Spirit and I've just been so inspired by them especially with the retreat I went on Um, their son is only 16 years old and the way that he praises is just Mm -hmm. amazing. Like I've never like had an experience like that before. I was just, I was watching him and I was like, this kid is so amazing. Like, I cannot believe that he has so much Mm -hmm. joy and is filled with like the Holy spirit. And he just wants to share that with everybody. And so just Mm -hmm. being there with them, it really inspired me to continue my walk of faith and just to grow. And just to share Jesus with everybody I come in contact with because, you know, you never know. You could change somebody's life. Um, totally. So, yeah, both of them, both of my families. And then, I don't know. There's just so many amazing Holy Spirit-filled people in my life, especially now. Um, yeah, God. it's yeah. been really what awesome. A gift. And so my friends, my sister and my best friend, they also inspire me just to just to live life to the fullest, but at the same time be, it's like a balanced life, like have God always in front of Mm -hmm. you, but then at the same time you're having fun along the way 
and especially like with each other yeah. going out shopping just hanging out like when I got back from the retreat I was like so excited to see my family and then see my best friend and I didn't know she was gonna come over that night so I was like in bed like ready to go to sleep oh, and she just yes. opens my door and I was so happy and just laughing with her yes. and being like everybody together it was just Oh, it was such a beautiful, like, I treasure those moments. And so I think those are the people that really inspire me the most in my faith and just to continue to keep growing and keep pursuing God because they're all just so filled with God. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. That's awesome. Beautiful. Our Good question. Third, yeah, I really love that question. Our third question is... Advice on how to escape mentally from a bad relationship with the close in proximity family member. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. That's intense. Well, the first thing I would say is um, if it's, I don't know, like the level of toxicity or how bad it is. If, um, if it's, especially if it's physical or if it's sexual, you need to get help right away. Um, talk to another trusted adult, um, talk to someone, I I would for sure talk to a trusted adult. Second thing I would really recommend is counseling. I'm a a huge fan of counseling. My sister is a, is a counselor. Um, it's a perfect way, not perfect. Um, only the Lord is perfect. It is a lovely, fantastic way to give yourself tools to cope with situations in your life. Um, one of my friends, she started counseling and in their first session with the counselor, she was like, I don't know. I'm just nervous. I don't think I should be here. And my counselor, and the, her counselor said, don't you think you deserve to be just a little bit happier? <laughs> I'm just going to give you tools to help you be just a little bit happier. And especially if you're in a situation with a family member that you can't escape. Um, if you have tools on how to cope and tools on how to love counseling, cannot recommend that enough. Tell an, another trusted adult counseling and then really commit yourself to praying for them um i think jesus is one of the things jesus loves to do is to is to open the eyes of the blind and um to open our hearts and i think if you invite him to the lord it can teach you how to love you know jesus jesus love and forget as people were hammering nails into his hands and into his feet to lift them on the cross for him to die. Jesus was praying for them and telling them that he forgave them. <laughs> and those were some toxic people. <laughs> they were literally killing him. And through the strength of God, Jesus could forgive them. And I think that's something God can do for you. He can open your eyes to see God in them. He can open your heart to love and he can give you the strength to forgive your enemies if you invite him to. That doesn't just because you love and forgive someone doesn't mean you need to be in contact with them. You don't need to become best friends with them, especially if they're still hurting you and if they're still really toxic. But um, we're called to love all people, especially as Christians called to love our enemies. So recap, if you're in a really rough situation and even if you're not, tell a trusted adult, tell another family member, tell a teacher, tell a mentor, tell a youth minister, invite an adult into the situation, seek counseling. Um I cannot recommend that stronger. That's um, it's good. Counseling cannot hurt. It can only help, help you give you tools, help you become a little bit happier and then recommit yourself to praying and fasting for that person. So you can love them um, and do as Christ said is to love your enemies. Do you have anything to add? Um, honestly, I've never really been in that type of um, 
yeah situation. in that situation um but honestly like you said i would definitely be praying for them a lot i don't like i don't know what exactly this means i don't know how bad it is and how much you're hurting but sure definitely pray for them and go to adoration a lot uh or start actually start yeah. the 54 day rosary novena because I've seen some really big miracles through that. And I think that is super important. So pray for their souls. Pray for the situation. And just um, offer that up. Because God is using this for good. And he's trying to teach you something through this. And I know it seems really difficult and really hard. And you might be suffering a lot. But there's something good that's going to come out of this. You may not see it now. But God sees the whole road in front of you. So yeah. something good is going to come out of this. And just keep believing that and keep trusting him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we actually had one more question. And it says. Great. Let's see. It says, what should I do when my parents are like in a fight or like fighting with each other? Mm. It's so hard. First off, I'm sorry that that's the situation that you're in. That's it's never something that you should have to deal with. That's never something God wants you to deal with. That's really, really hard. Um, I think of the psalm. I think it might be Psalm 52, but I could just make that up. Um, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Um, it's one of my favorite Bible verses. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So when your parents are fighting, um, the Lord is close to you. He's close to them, even though they don't see it. And um, you're not in your sorrow alone. You know, compassion means to suffer with. Jesus is suffering with you. Um, if your parents are fighting, I what I would recommend is I would go for a walk. I would just I would just leave the house. I wouldn't want to hear it because then maybe you would be dragged into it, and that's not something you need to do either. It's it's not something that you can personally help because. Those are your parents. Those are your adults. You, you shouldn't be used to take sides. So um, if you can, I'd take a walk. I wouldn't take a drive because driving when you feel um, sad and hurt can be really dangerous for you. Um, and it could lead you to go hang out with the wrong people. I would just go for a walk, get some exercise, go for a sprint, you know, do push-ups, like get your body moving get out of there if you can and and then and then pray for sure um, one of my favorite things to do is to uh, do a walking rosary mm -hmm. around my neighborhood I'm gonna do that this afternoon um, where I just get outside I take my rosary and um, as I'm walking I just invite Mary to walk with me and I I pray for them and I pray for my family and I ask the intercession of the Holy Family Jesus Mary and Joseph that they may be a witness to my family. And again, just as like the previous two advice, I would seek it out at a trusted adult, ask their insight. And I would also seek counseling. Not that this is something that you've done that you've deserved, but family wounds run really oh, yeah. deep, especially um, the way that you see yourself, the way that you see your relationship with God and the way that you see relationships with other people. So investigate counseling. You deserve to be a little bit happier. You deserve to have tools to cope with this. And it's not your fault, and the Lord is close to you when you feel most brokenhearted. Dang, that's hard. I mean, thank God I've never had to go through that, but yeah. for all the people who do go through that, you guys are amazing <laughs> because I know it's yeah. really difficult, and I feel like 
the best advice I think I could give, like you said, again, praying for them. But also just Mm -hmm. I feel like I mean, like with my parents, we're pretty open. So I feel like talking to them and being like, what is the situation? What is going on? Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, not getting in the middle of it, but trying to understand because it does take a toll on you. Um, And I'm the type of person that wants to know the facts and wants to know what is going on to Mm -hmm. see if I can help. Um, Because maybe it Mm -hmm. takes you speaking up for them to seek help. Maybe they go or mm-hmm. you know counseling to a priest or something or they are asking for help maybe they I don't know there's so many reasons I just think that talking to them would be really good and helpful for you and your family and and just praying for them um and again something good's going to come out of this you can't see that now but something good's going to come out of it yeah not that this is good and not that this is God's will, um, but God is so powerful that he can bring light out of darkness and um, he will bring light out of this darkness if you invite him into yeah. it. So just keep holding on because there's going to be good. So, yeah, I'm glad we got to answer those questions because we had not answered them and I've had them for a while, but we love questions. Yeah, those are my favorites. Oh, hard, hard, deep mm-hmm. ones. But yeah, but the Lord is close. He's always close. He's too cool. Too cool. <laughs> but yeah, so do you have any like thing to add before we wrap up? Friendship is good. The Lord is good. He desires us to be in friendship with each other, which leads us to friendship in him. We have to be brave. We have to be bold. We have to use our hearts, use our core to have the courage to elevate friendships deeper or to find new ones. We have to be on our guard um, that the devil doesn't infiltrate the ranks of our friendships. We got to keep praying for those um, and pursuing deeper friendship with the Lord. Always counseling is a good thing, no matter what. It's not like counseling is against Christianity. They go hand in hand. Um, If people went to the confessional and a counselor, our world would be a totally (laughs) different place. So anyway, Whole other topic. The Lord is good. The Lord loves you. He is close to you at all times and he has good things in store for you. Yeah. Remember, we're always here for you. If you ever need to reach out to uh, us, you know, you can always DM us um, and our email will be in the link. Um, but yeah, know that we are praying for you and we're always here. And I hope we've given you good advice that you can now take and use. Um, but yeah. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode and for our upcoming episodes because we have a lot of exciting things planned. Um, And I can't wait to see you guys in heaven because I'm praying for all of you. So, Mm. Amen. All right. See you guys later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.